We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it's April 12th, it's 2022. If you're hanging out with us live on YouTube, it's Tuesday night. What's up, YouTube? Hope you're having a fantastic Tuesday. Joined today by Nick Galeta, the commish. Um, you might know him from Scores and Odds. You might know him from giving out winners over there on Twitter. Nick, what's happening, my friend? Man, it's baseball season. We have another big slate. All good things happening over here. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I mean, we got some day baseball. We got some night baseball. We're going to focus on the six-game main slate today's podcast. Um, we will have Grinders Live for free um, over there on the live page on Roto Grinders video page um, and on YouTube. So check that out tomorrow. Um, they're going to break down the early baseball slate like some of the sites are just kind of doing some weird things with the slates um for the early slate and tournaments kind of all over the place so i decided we're going to focus on the main slate because we have some big tournaments and i mean that's at the end of the day kind of what i chase anyway so um tournament player you all know that burns only seven percent yeah i saw that um richie i have him he's actually on my best team so i'm kind of crossing my fingers hoping that he has a really big game um i have a team sitting at 133 with Otani and Burns going. So we'll see kind of how that plays out. But so again, hope everyone's doing well. We're going to jump in six game main slate, starting with Oakland at Baltimore today. We got Waldachuk against Kramer. Um, that's like the best name ever. Ken Waldachuk. <laughs> um, what a name. What a name. Welcome. Um, Nick, any thoughts here on Ken Waldachuk? That it might be my new favorite baseball name. <laughs> it might be your new favorite baseball name. I don't think he's going to be many people's favorite baseball pitcher. He's he's pretty uninspiring on the mound, uh, especially against righties. He's got some some pretty stark splits here earlier early in his career. Much higher fly ball rate against right right handed batters. Hard hit percentage much uh, much better for righties than it is for for lefties against him. You look at what he did last year, had a fifth near five, uh, small-ish sample size against right-handed batters, but about a base runner and a half per inning. I think I think any of these guys, any of the right-handed bats that that we see in the lineup tomorrow against him, probably gonna have some good some some good opportunities to to get on base, to have some good at bats. 275 opponent batting average against Wallachuk last year for righties. So I think like like Mount Castle, any of these guys, I I, I think are probably good targets. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, I mean, there's going to be times that I play Waldachuk this season. 
Baltimore's not one of them. This guy has a big time slider. Um, so grades out as a, a really above average slider and a really above average changeup with kind of an average fastball. He just hasn't, I mean, it hasn't really translated like this guy, big Yankee prospect. Um, I mean, he's a top 100 prospect in baseball. So, I mean, big swinging strike rates in double A AA and triple A. It just really hasn't kind of, um, you know, transformed into the majors yet, but we're going to, we're going to talk about this kid um, a lot this year. I, this isn't just, this isn't the spot, you know, this is a team that's very hard on lefties. Um, I will say if they roll out that kind of cupcake lineup that they rolled out against Moeller on Tuesday, I might look at his, you know, fantasy pick em prop and look at his projections on that and, you know, potentially look at his strikeout prop here. But I don't think I'm playing him in the DFS streets today. Going to the other side here, we know what we're getting from Dean Kramer. This guy, Dean Kramer, gets a great matchup here um, going up against Oakland. Dean Kramer's not good. Really low <laughs> strikeout pitcher. Um, I mean, this lineup is atrocious. It, it's such a bad lineup. Dean Kramer is 5,500 on DraftKings. Uh, do you have any interest here in Kramer? I mean, from a value perspective, like if, if there's if there's hitters that you really, really want to target, good hitters tomorrow, I think I think maybe you could talk yourself into it a little bit. But like the early returns on him have just have just not been worth much. You, the, against the Yankees, four earned in five innings against uh the Red Sox in his first start, five earned in three innings. It's a guy I think that Baltimore was hoping to get more out of preseason. And I mean he's 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 not even giving him many outs right now. Like I, I don't see Kremer having an opportunity to get through six or seven innings tomorrow, even against a bad Oakland offense. One thing that Oakland's been doing a relatively good job of is, is putting the ball in play. And if they can give themselves an opportunity for some fortuitous bounces, especially now with, with the shift restrictions and things like that, uh, I, I think there's opportunities for them to have a decent day at the plate with Kremer. So short answer, I would say no. I would probably look other where, other places in the, the six-game slate. But again, if you have if you have some hitters, some some big name hitters that you really want to fit in here, you might be able to squeak like five or six innings, a three run ball out of them. Like we're going to, at the end of the day, we're going to talk about Strider and Gaussman. Uh, we'll get there eventually. Like they're just way above everybody else today on this slate. I think like if you're trying to build out some top end stacks, which we don't really have a lot of great top end stacks today. So I don't, I don't think at the end of the day, we're going to need to go to Kramer. Um, I mean, he's not a bad option. Like on a two-pitcher site, he's not the worst option. He's going to get 90 to 95 pitches if he's pitching well. He's an above-average command pitcher. He tends to limit home runs. Um, th I mean, it's, his biggest downfall is just strikeouts. He's just not a big strikeout guy. But if you look at the Oakland lineup, this is a lineup with a 25.6% K rate since the start of last year against right-handed pitching. So it's hard for me to just ignore how bad this lineup is um, and just how much like strikeout ability is in this lineup. So I don't know if I need him today. I don't know if I want him today because of the top end pitchers, but I think if I need to go down in this range, like I'm probably playing him over everyone, everyone in this range. Like if I'm going under Strider or potentially Eovaldi, like probably everybody over Eovaldi, I'm playing Kramer just because of the matchup. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. First thoughts here. Let's talk bats. Uh, we'll go Oakland first. Anything standing out to you here for Oakland? No, I, I think I, for me personally with Oakland, it's like, I know a lot of people don't like, Oakland as a team, I I find very little value with them as as an individual lineup as well. I think with Kremer, if you go and you look at at some of his splits uh, last couple of seasons, last year uh, in particular, lefties had, saw him a little bit better uh, in terms of opponent batting average, about fifteen points higher, uh, got on base a little bit more often. I just I just don't see much here. If we go look at the weather report in in Baltimore, there's there's a an opportunity to maybe get a ball out of the park. If you're a left-handed hitter, it looks like winds are blowing out about 10 miles an hour to right field tomorrow, at least looking at the forecast that we have right now. So maybe you get a lefty in there. You hope you get a ball in the air, but uh, Oakland is, is generally a lineup that, that I avoid for the reasons that you just mentioned. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're playing any, any lefty here, I mean, I would take, I would take the prospect Ryan Nada. He's cheap across the industry. 
Um, he should hit third or fourth in this lineup. This guy grades out as like a raw power hitter. Um, I mean, we have no idea, but like he's going to get at bats. He had 20 stolen bases last year in AAA. So like he gives you that stolen base upside with the home run upside. So pretty sure he was in the Dodgers organization. Um, like started in Toronto, got drafted by Toronto, went to the Dodgers in a trade. And then now he's with Oakland. I don't know. Um, what he if it was just like a signing or if it was a trade or something but anyway um ryan nada would be like a one-off cheap bat on i mean that i think you could potentially take some shots on in tournaments um and then on the other side of this game the baltimore side i mean i have a ton of interest in baltimore here um i mean mount castle rushman santander hayes i mean all these guys are in play um you know Gosh, their numbers aren't great, but you know they're they're better hitters than what their numbers kind of suggest. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Baltimore Bats? The Baltimore Bats, uh, I'm I'm always a big fan of, of 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 lefties in Baltimore. I think since they they raised the the left field wall uh, in Baltimore, it's it, it's done some damage to the right handed power potential of guys like Mountcastle. I know on on Tuesday Mountcastle drove drove in a bunch of runs in a home game, so uh, not not the best day to be making that example, but. Tend to favor the lefties. I think uh, a guy like uh, getting Rushman in there tomorrow as, as well, uh, a, sw- a switch hitter in that matchup, I think, again, with the wind blowing out, uh, could be a, a decent spot for him. Also, just to, I, I know Cedric Mullins is not off to a blistering start, but uh, the stolen base potential there as well. And I I just I like his approach to the plate. I think that's a guy who, who comes around sooner rather than later, especially with him playing to be a part of Baltimore's future, playing for potentially a new contract with, with some budding young stars coming up through that system. So I think Mullins gets it going sooner rather than later. So I, I would take a look at both of them. All right, we're moving on. We got Boston going into Tampa. I did not realize that Boston's in Tampa already this season. Um, totally whiffed on that. Should have went and saw a baseball game. But anyway, sale against Bradley. This game is currently at an eight and a half total. The Rays are a one twenty six favorites. Uh, the Rays off to a scorching start. Um, are they ever going to lose? Who knows? Uh, let's go. Let's go. Chris Sale here first. What are your thoughts on Chris Sale today? Chris Sale. I, I, I've watched both of his first two starts, and I know the the immediate reaction to Chris Sale is when is the last time we've seen him do anything impressive on a mound? He's obviously dealt with a lot of injuries the last couple of seasons, but there, there's some reasons to be optimistic. I think underlying here uh, the the slider still got great movement on it. He got beat up a little bit in the, the early innings in that last start against the Detroit Tigers, but then seemed to settle in. I think he's still got the stuff. We've seen him come back a couple of times and uh, the Velo has been pretty good. Every time he came back, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now on Savant and we're looking at the Velo down a little bit in the early portion of, of this season so far, but He's still been able to miss some bats. The four-seamer, 40% whiff rate so far. The slider, 53.3% whiff rate. The changeup also 40% as well. So that's three pitches right there that can miss some bats. I know the uh, the, the Tampa Bay Rays have have obviously gotten off to a really hot start. Uh, they, they've made some organizational changes at the plate in terms of their philosophy. Last year, real big on launch angle, real big on, on, on the biomechanic aspects of hitting. This year, much more emphasis on swing decisions laying off of bad pitches, attacking good pitches. Uh, so I think potentially limits sales strikeout upside here, but I I could talk myself into it. I mean, it, baseball is one of those games. I mean, it's there's a reason it, it, we don't see teams win 12, 13, 14 games in a row uh, very often. And I, I think it's just, it's one of those spots. Sale needs a bounce back. The Rays are just, they're just down. They're just due for a, a rough day. I know they had only, they had one run a couple of days ago, but. Uh, they're just they're just due for a rough day at the plate. I don't know if Chris Sale is going to be the answer to that question. Um, I, I will say, like digging into Chris Sale before we got rolling here, he got a little unlucky in his first start, like we talked about last time out. Five seventy one Babbitt, two fifty Babbitt last time out. Um, I mean, the swinging strike rate is still fantastic for Chris Sale. Like he's still generating a ton of swinging strikes. It's just my biggest concern with him is command. Like we're seeing him walk guys at a very high clip. And like, if we go back to like his healthy seasons, his command was one of the biggest things for him. I mean, his slider was really good, but I mean, the command was 
the big thing. So, I mean, I'm a little concerned. It's kind of baked into the price. The ballpark is great for pitching in Tampa. Um, I mean, I, I think you could do crazier things on a six-game slate. So if you want to take some shots on him, uh, go for it. The guy I really want to talk about in this game is Taj Bradley. This is a big-time prospect. Um, I was kind of digging in. He made a couple starts in AAA already this season. Um, he really hasn't gone deep into games. So I don't want to necessarily say that he's not fully stretched out. Um, I think he's probably in the 80 to 85 pitch range here. Big time fastball, big time slider, command plus command guy, top 50 prospect in baseball, top three prospect in the Rays organization, big time strikeout stuff against the Red Sox team that, I mean, so far this season, they don't want to strike out. Um, It's tough to say how that's going to like pan out, but I mean, they've gone from like this power offense to a, we're going to put the ball in play type of lineup. Um, what are your initial thoughts here on Taj Bradley? Man, I, I love Taj Bradley. I, he's been someone that I, I've been waiting for for him to make his major league debut for a while. You mentioned the deep pitch mix, um, the the plus command, like look, just pulling up some of his stats here from from the minor leagues. Uh, obviously, varying level of sample sizes at, at different stops along the way, but roughly a 30% K rate at, at multiple different stops. Uh, it hasn't had a, a 10% walk rate over any substantial sample size since rookie ball back in 2018. So I think that's the kind of stuff that translates pretty well to the major leagues when you have a deep pitch mix, when uh, you have the ability to get both righties in and lefties out. And, and obviously missing bats will will help any pitcher. If you can if you can make a mistake and potentially get away from it, or if you have some nasty stuff where you can generate some swings and misses out of the strike zone, I think that, that, that that's always a plus. Digging into his uh, some of his minor league splits, looks like he's been downright unhittable against against right for for right-handed batters. He's he's allowed some traffic at different stops along the way. Uh, lefties seem to see him a little bit better. The platoon split sometimes you see with younger guys, but I think like Justin Turner. Obviously, we'll, we'll need a lineup, uh, but Bob, the Bobby Dalbacks. Like, if there's any right-handed batters in that lineup tomorrow, just I'd cross him off of my list for consideration right off the bat. Just looking at some of these splits. Yeah, I mean, with Duvall, Duvall going to the IL, um, he was like the one like outside of Devers, like the power is just kind of out of this lineup right now. So tournament-wise, I think you could definitely take a shot. Um, Richie, I'm guessing 80, 85, if I had to guess, pitch count-wise. Um, I mean, that's my educated guess from what I, you know, kind of looked up for him to start the season. So I'll go 80 to 85 pitches is my official guess. But it's the Rays, and they're very careful. Um, so... <laughs> I mean, it could easily be 70 to 75 pitches, but it's baked into the price, right? He's 4K, minimum salary on DraftKings. Um, I think Fandle, you're going to pay up at pitcher on most teams today because of just how good some of the pitchers are on the slate. Um, so I think you're looking more at a guy like Gibson on DK anyway. Um, I, I think like with Strider and Gaussman with their ceilings on the slate, it's just massive. And I don't even know if he's on he's not even on FanDuel from what I'm seeing. So not yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they might add him, but we'll see. All right. Let's talk some bats. Any interest here in the Red Sox? Yeah, I, I do think, I, I do think if you, if you have an opportunity to to get Devers in there without sacrificing elsewhere, I, I think it makes sense. Again, looking at the splits, triple uh, a 157 whip for, for Taj Bradley against left-handed batters. Uh, gave up seven home runs. I know, Obviously not the most hitter-friendly confines to be at, at Tropicana, but um, I, I I do think if you can get Devers in your lineup without sacrificing elsewhere, that could be a worthwhile spot here. Yeah, I mean, my only problem with, like, Boston in general is the the two guys you, you most likely end up on here is Yoshida and Devers, and they're 6,300 and 5K on DraftKings. So, like, the pricing for the hitters here for the Red Sox, like, Devers is 4,300 on, on FanDuel as well. It's just really hard to end up on him as like a one-off on a six game slate where I, you know, want to pay up like the guy that I'm paying down for a pitcher is the other guy on the other side of this game. So, um, all right, let's talk raised bats against sale. What are your thoughts here? Raised bats against sale. Um, man, like it, I could be talked into anyone, especially some of these, these value guys, uh, on, on the raise, like, like, 
there's just so much to like about what the Rays have done as an organization. Again, last year, uh, really striking out a ton, swinging at a lot of bad pitches, trying to get guys to hit home runs that just simply don't hit home runs. And this year, really looking at, at guys' zone contact rates, chasing a lot less, swinging at at more hittable strikes more often, and obviously doing a good amount of damage with them so far. Caveat being that they've they faced arguably three of the worst teams in, in Major League Baseball. But uh, going down here, taking a look at guys like Harold Ramirez, 2,800. Uh, if you need an outfielder, Manuel Margot, 2,500. Like, I think the Rays are always replete with with cheap options, whether it's DFS or if you're if you're looking for a sneaky play in like like at the actual sports book as well. I think there's there's lots of opportunities here splits wise against a lefty with sale that I, I don't think is ever appropriately priced into the market in these situations. Yeah, I mean, if you think sales gonna continue to struggle, I think you have to have interest in a Rosarina, Paradis, um, Diaz potentially. I don't know if I full stack them here uh, just because of the ballpark, but I mean, I think you could do crazier things on a slate like this. So, yeah, all right. I, mean, I was just oh, going to say like, like Harold Ramirez last year, uh, 58% better than the league average hitter against left-handed pitching. If you're looking at, at runs created plus 873 OPS, like you look at some of the guys that, that are far, far more expensive. If you're looking for an outfielder, like you just made the point with, with Devers, I think there, there's lots of opportunities here looking at, this, at the splits data. Like you said, probably not a full stack, but getting one or two guys in there, and maybe you can you can pay a premium elsewhere, whether it's at pitcher or or one of these other position spots, probably makes sense. All right, we're cruising along. We got Detroit at Toronto, eight and a half total. The Blue Jays are in a two ninety favorite in this one. Gaussman against Rodriguez. We'll go Rodriguez first. Um, I mean, this is a guy that he's he's had some tough matchups to start the season, but it doesn't look like like everything that we kind of talked about him coming out of spring and not looking dominant in spring is kind of translated to the season. Do you have any interest here in Erod? Absolutely none. I I didn't see any improvement from him in, in his last start. He just he's not missing bats right now. If you go look at uh, some of the heat maps with 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 where he's locating or attempting to locate pitches it it doesn't look like he has any idea where where things are going there's just there, there seems to be no cohesive plan for him on the mound obviously when, when you're when you're struggling to miss bats and, and you don't have overpowering stuff fastball velo that is obviously well well slower than the league average he doesn't have great spin race doesn't have great extension all the all the things that help you sometimes overcome some of the the struggles on the surface there's just not not a lot that i'm looking at here that portends any sort of positive regression whatsoever i think we're probably going to see more of the same he also has to face like one of the toughest lineups in baseball um i mean that that doesn't help so kevin gaussman i mean listen you know we all we all had interest in manoa yesterday and it wasn't the cleanest start ever uh, i mean i think that's the nicest way to put it um i mean we all kind of expected more from alec Manoa in that game he didn't, I don't even think he ended up getting the win because I think they scored almost all their runs late in that game anyway. Um, I, I don't care what Manoa did yesterday. Gaussman's a 28% K rate guy. He's a 4% walk rate guy. 3x fit, 3.3x fit. Like, there's no way I'm not playing Gaussman against Detroit today. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, the Detroit's zone contact rates have been terrible. They, they're, they're helping pitchers out. They're chasing pitches out of the strike zone. When they're getting pitches in the strike zone, they're not making a lot of contact. It, it's tough to talk yourself into anything remotely positive with the Detroit Tigers right now. Ain't that the truth? Um, do you have any interest in the Tigers' bats? Honestly, not really. And, and especially, I think if if if, I, if I'm putting Gosman in in my DFS lineup, uh, I, I don't even want to try to convince myself anywhere in, in this Detroit lineup uh, to try to to try to even look at any value. Yeah, I mean, there's just nothing. I, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record this season, <laughs> um, but Detroit stinks. I mean, Kerry Carpenter is expected to be a really decent prospect. Um, not in this matchup. Toronto Bats. I like the idea of playing Toronto today. It's a smaller slate. So getting exposure to Toronto makes a ton of sense. Um, I mean, we don't have – we. I mean, we have Atlanta. We'll talk about Atlanta. We'll talk about the Dodgers. Um as far as just like top end high like high profile 
offenses. So I think like a team like Toronto makes a ton of sense on a small slate like this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I like Toronto a lot. I think I think especially considering the matchup, uh, like there's some targetable guys. Wh- whether you want to pay up and and go get a guy like like Bobichet, or if you if you want to go wait for a lineup and maybe get Danny Jensen in there, uh, Danny Jansen in there as maybe a value piece. A uh, twenty six OPS last season against left handed pitching. Um, I, I think there's definitely some ways to to get Toronto in here. And again, if you're putting the ball in play, good things can happen. Detroit, far from an elite team defensively as well. So uh, you got a guy, Erod just not missing bats. Uh, I, I think when you have a pitcher who's going to give up a lot of contact, we saw it with the Cubs game, uh, the Seattle in uh, the Chicago game at Wrigley on Tuesday. When guys can put the ball in play and then there's favorable conditions, whether it's the wind or obviously uh, not having the environmental conditions in inside in Toronto, but just having an opportunity to put the ball in play against a team that doesn't have a great defense, you're going to find holes. You might you might get a nice bounce. You might get uh, a guy out of position. I, I think there's a lot of ways that Toronto's bats can benefit in this spot. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I mean, Toronto moved their fences in, so I mean, it's gonna. It was already a pretty good hitter's ballpark, and it's just going to play a little bit better as a hitter's mm-hmm. ballpark in general. So. All right, Cincinnati at Atlanta, Green and Strider, seven and a half total. The Braves, a two seventy-five favorites. Um, Hunter Green. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to play some Hunter Green today. Um, Atlanta is a pretty high strikeout team. You also have to understand that, like, if he's not striking guys out, he's giving up hard contact. So. That is the huge concern flyball pitcher in Atlanta against a very powerful offense. So I don't know if I end up playing him a lot or if any in DFS, but he's definitely someone that I'll be looking at like his strikeout props today. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. And I think Atlanta definitely gives you that up upside as a lineup uh, in terms of the swing and miss. I just think for me personally, Hunter Green, the, like until he – figures out how to get through a lineup more than once effectively. I I can't trust him for, for what the price is. Like I'm looking at FanDuel right now. We got Hunter Green at 8K. I just, I, I can't get behind it. The guy has a fastball that can reach triple digits. It does it consistently does a good job overpowering hitters the first time through the lineup. The second time through the lineup, it doesn't move a whole lot. They're major league hitters. They adjust to the, the slight uptick in speed relative to, to his peers. They get a lot better at bats against him they fall off a lot more pitches hunter green if he's not getting you a substantial amount of points that first time through the order his k percentage drops off about 10 percent opponent batting average goes way up he allows a lot more traffic on the bases and atlanta's one of those teams they have multiple guys in that lineup that, that can win an mvp and if hunter green doesn't get off to a great start for whatever reason i mean you're you're sinking 8k into a guy who might contribute next to nothing in in your lineup all right, the other side of this game is obviously one of the most talented young pitchers in baseball, Spencer Strider, 38% Ks since the start of last season, just absolutely dominating hitters, um, nine strikeouts in each of his first two starts. Washington's awful. He dominated them. San Diego's a really solid team. He had no okay K start. Well, Cincinnati's not a very good team. There's a ton of strikeouts in the bottom half of this lineup. Um, I, I mean, him and Gaussman, 
one a one b today for me um i mean if you're considering price maybe strider a little bit better because he's 800 dollars cheaper on dk but on Fanduel, i mean they're basically the same price um so i think they're one a one b over there they're just they're clearly the top two guys today we'll talk about clayton kershaw uh he's in a fantastic spot as well but yeah i mean these guys are phenomenal plays yeah i would i would lean gosman more so because of the matchup than anything else uh cincinnati you're absolutely right there's ton of there's a ton of k potential in this lineup but if we're considering cincinnati in this spot or or detroit as the offense to fade if you look at uh cincinnati they, they've chased the third fewest pitches of any team in the league so far this season detroit's chased the third most you look at swinging strike rates uh again strider can overpower anyone he can he can make pretty much anyone in the league in the league swing and miss but uh, Cincinnati's done a much better job. They're ninth in swinging strike rate so far. Detroit is 27th. So I think when you're talking about the the upside in DFS, or again, if you're if you're betting the sports book and you're looking to ladder or K prop or something like that, I think Gosman has the potential to truly just go crazy tomorrow uh, against Detroit. I think I think Strider probably has a really good game, but I personally just I like the upside with Gosman a little bit more. It's okay. You can have your opinion, but if you <laughs> if you want to rock the mustache like Strider and strike people out at a thirty eight percent clip, you can you can do whatever you want. And this team, there's I mean, there's just so many strikeouts. Stevenson, Myers, like Vossler striking out at a huge clip. Like all these guys that they've kind of called up, um, you know, towards the end of last year, they just all strike out. They just all strike out. Like Fredel is the only guy that doesn't strike out over twenty percent against right handed pitching. So, I mean. I, I listen, I don't I don't have an issue with Gaussman. Um, I'm gonna play both of these guys. Like my main lineup is going to start with Gaussman and Strider and go from there. But I, I mean they're they're both fantastic here. So all right, let's talk bats. Um I got nothing on Cincy, man. I'm I'm gonna be very, very heavy on Strider here, and I'm all about hedging, but not in this spot. Yeah, I completely agree, especially if you're going with Strider in, in your lineup. I I don't see any reason to to hope and pray with with, with Cincinnati. I think if you're invest in, if you're investing in Strider, you just you want all of it. I think there's opportunity probably a lot more on the other side uh, w- with the Atlanta Braves. I think uh, someone like Matt Olson, I I, I the guy, an obvious guy, right? He's, he's most expensive first baseman on on Fanduel tomorrow, but uh, I think the matchup warrants it, and especially pretty good fastball hitter going against a guy who really only has a fastball and a slider. Second time through the order. Matt Olson has some of the best power potential in in all of baseball, and uh, Hunter Green just simply doesn't make guys miss. He doesn't fool guys twice through. So Olson, one of his primary concerns is the fact that he swings and misses a lot. I think he's got a lot of opportunities to to put the ball in play. If he and if he doesn't get it the first time through the order, Cincinnati's bullpen doesn't doesn't really uh, scare me a lot here either. So I think Matt Olson. I know there's a lot of talented first baseman. I know there's some value uh, down 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 the sheet here but but i think matt olson tomorrow could potentially be very very much worth the price yeah we could shift gears to atlanta i love atlanta (laughs) (laughs) um i mean yeah i I think you know a guy like hunter green if you're if you're wanting to target his his downside it's fly balls and hard contact um talked about in the expert survey today on rotor grinders about playing olson and riley instead of playing um goldschmidt and arenado Looked like a genius until Arenado just hit like a two RBI double. Um, it was it was panning out perfect. Um, but hey, listen, it still worked out. Olsen had a great game. So, I mean, Atlanta is definitely like Toronto, Atlanta. They're probably going to end up being my top two stacks today. Um, I, I mean, this is this is the spot. This is a guy that struggles with fly balls and power. Um, he strikes people out. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, if you're going to go out and you're going to throw 50% fastballs to this Atlanta team, you're going to get smashed. Um, so, and they're a very good hitting slider team. I mean, that's, that's his two pitches. So uh, any other thoughts on Atlanta before we move on? Nope. We can keep it rolling. All right. We got Kansas city at Texas. This game has an eight and a half total. The Rangers are one seventy four favorite Keller against Eovaldi. We'll note that Corey Seager left the game with some hamstring issues. Um, on Tuesday night, he had a double running from first to second. He kind of came up a little bit, and I would very much be surprised if he's in the lineup for this Wednesday game. Um, I think he's going to miss a couple days. 
hopefully it's not too long because he was finally starting to look locked in at the plate and i think that you know we kind of want to see that let's talk some pitchers here we'll go brad keller first keller has been okay to start the year he's not like this high upside guy do you have any interest in keller maybe maybe depending on on a lineup i know there was a lot of guys talking about his revamped pitch mix before opening day and and even after his first start thinking that they, they could ladder him and potentially catch the book sleeping i think there's only so much you can fix with a guy like brad keller and and i think what we've seen so far is that they've been able to improve his k percentage against righties he's he struck out 35 percent of the righties that he's faced so far this season but against lefties he's walked more guys than than he has struck out so far and uh, we, we go look at a Texas lineup that r- routinely has a fair amount of left-handed batters in the lineup. You just you just mentioned Seager might not be in there tomorrow, but we still got uh, Lau. We still got probably High uh, Hi might not be in the lineup. We'll see. Uh, but J- Jankowski, Miller, like I, I, there's going to be a lot of guys in this lineup that I think are just hard for for Keller to K. And you you can you can nitpick at at Texas's offense. It's certainly not one of the premier elite offenses in the league. But man, like I. I think I think you're doing some mental gymnastics if you're trying to talk yourself into to taking Brad Keller, especially on a day when you have Gaussman and, and Strider and, and Kershaw available at your disposal. Yeah, and I mean the guy that should end up playing shortstop um, is Josh Smith. So I mean he's another lefty. So I mean, yeah, I I don't want to play Keller. I don't know how much Texas I'll play either, but I definitely don't want to play the Keller side. And then Eovaldi, I mean. Kansas City is such an interesting offense in general because they are a team that is kind of pesky. Um, Eovaldi's a, a really solid pitcher on a slate where it's a small slate. I worry about like his overall upside, but I think he's okay. He's not my favorite. He's not the worst. He's just he's kind of okay today. Yeah, it, it's it's worth noting again. We're we're dealing with smallish sample sizes. Still, we're only about what 12 days into the season about two weeks into the season kansas city dead last in ops 30th to start the year they're they're 24th in iso so when you're thinking about the run prevention metrics evaldi probably has some upside here i think the the harder part is like when you mentioned pesky i I think of the royals they just they find a way to put balls in play uh a decent amount they're they're 21st in k percentage so far against right-handed pitching uh evaldi's a guy who he frustrates me because I feel like there, there's a lot there that has, has not been unlocked in, in his MLB career. I felt like he's, I feel like he's always just been like one tinker with his pitch mix away from potentially unlocking some stardom, but he doesn't really get guys to chase a whole lot. And, and when you look at, at what the Royals have, have done so far this season, I mean, it's like, like that's been, that's been their main Achilles heel. When, it, when, when you're looking at strikeouts, the Royals are, are 27th in, in swing percentage on pitches outside the strike zone so far. So, if that's Evaldi's bread and uh, if Evaldi uh, needs to get strikeouts in this one, it's probably going to be outside the zone, and I don't think that that's necessarily Evaldi's path to getting strikeouts. So I think it limits the upside, but maybe if you overspend other places and and you're trying to cut two thousand uh, in, in the pitcher department, maybe maybe you talk yourself into Evaldi. I will note uh, we saw Degrom lose uh, a win on Tuesday night. I mean this. This bullpen projects as one of the worst bullpens in baseball. You know, I we keep talking about it. I feel like every single day, but they're they're really gonna like likely end up as like a bottom ten bullpen, if not bottom five. And they're they're gonna have to make some moves if they want to make a a deep run into the playoffs with this team. So, all right, let's talk bats. Uh, anything standing out to you here for Kansas City? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, not in particular. Again, I, I think the, the struggles as a whole against right-handed pitching are concerned. Evaldi is good enough to where I think in DFS, like there's not a whole lot of guys in this lineup that I think give you a ton of value. Like I think you're really just, you're, you're picking at the bottom of the barrel with, with a lot of these guys, if you're not going for the more expensive targets uh, near the top of the order. 
the one opportunity that I think you you're probably always going to have against Texas is in the running game. So if if you can get Bobby Wood Jr. and 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 not hurt yourself in other spots, I think I think that makes sense. But I, I would definitely check a lineup before beforehand to see if Heim or or someone else is is in there and and maybe assess at that point. But but if if not wit probably I probably really have no interest in this lineup. Vinny P, I mean, he is sort of a ground ball hitter facing a, a guy that struggles with fly balls, fly ball pitcher, ground ball hitter, line drives. I mean, so if you want to take a shot on him, I don't hate it, but not going to go out of my way here. Uh, the other side of this game, I think Keller is hittable. Um, I mean, he is someone that is not a high strikeout guy. I don't care what his numbers are this season. He doesn't project to be a high strikeout guy. So if you want to take some shots on, I, I definitely prefer the lefties over the righties here. But if you want to take a sh- some shots and roll like a three-man Texas lefty stack, I don't hate it. Yep, my thoughts exactly. All right, we finish it out with the Dodgers and the Giants, like an hour and 40 minutes <laughs> between games here. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I love these types of slates. Seven and a half total, Dodgers a 176 favor. We got Kershaw, we got Cobb. Battling it out here. Clayton Kershaw is 9,900. 91 pitches last time out against Arizona. Um, I mean, he had to face Arizona back-to-back starts. I hate that, um, you know, for anybody, like especially early in the season. It's like you just faced this guy five or six days ago, and, I mean, you, you're very fresh in how he kind of attacked you. So I think this is a great bounce-back spot for him. The Giants have been atrocious against left-handed pitching to start the season. Uh, they lead the league in strikeouts i think still um yeah 30 38.7 strikeout rate in 85 at bats for the giants against left-handed pitching they're second to last in wrc plus and woba um i think kershaw bounces back with a big game here yeah you touched on a lot of the important points the, the giants have been abysmal against left-handed pitching uh the, the one thing that i've noticed with the giants this season is they're they're a relatively disciplined team at the plate, so they they're striking out a lot. And I think there's a lot of people that, on a daily basis, are are looking at like you know how many strikeouts can we get against the San Francisco Giants? The, I think the perfect pitcher, to target against the Giants is someone who has good command, someone who can get strikeouts in the strike zone. You look at Kershaw, 2021, 94th percentile in whiff rate last year, 72nd percentile in whiff rate, off to another pretty good start this season. Obviously, very good command. He, he's always seems to be 90th percentile plus in in walk rate. That's just been a, a fixture of of Kershaw's makeup throughout his career. The Giants will lay off of pitches outside of the strike zone, but Clayton Kershaw doesn't always need you to chase outside of the strike zone to to get some swings and misses. The Giants' abysmal zone contact rates uh, to start the season. Looking at their contact percentage on pitches inside the strike zone, they are 29th this season, a whopping eight percent behind the the team lead leading the way so far so i'm with you i think kershaw has a big bounce back spot i, I hate the the hyper proximity matchups that you mentioned I, I especially a team like arizona that like i think they're truly pesky I, like even more so than the kansas city royals at the plate i think they have a better approach so that's a tough spot for anyone kershaw included i think this is a an amazing get right spot for him on wednesday yeah and i mean they had the worst um hitters umpire of the slate yesterday so i'm assuming we won't have back-to-back bad <laughs> umpires behind the plate <laughs> um you never know when it comes to that kind of stuff um alex cobb on the other side of this game i mean listen the dodgers lineup is not as good as it has been over the last few years but i still don't think this is a spot where i'm like itching to get out and play alex cobb no i i can't i I'm higher than on Alex Cobb than I think a lot of people, but the the hard thing with with backing him is you're not just backing him, you're backing the Giants infield defense. And you would have thought that the Giants would have tried to do something to to improve that area of their roster this past winter. They just didn't. I know Carlos Correa was talked about, but obviously that didn't pan out. They they're just still terrible. You have, you have a guy who who can get a lot of ground balls, and there's just not a lot of guys behind him that that can field them and turn them into outs and. I, I'm with you. I just I, I don't even I don't even know why somebody would try to to convince themselves anything Alex Cobb related on the slate again with 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 the depth of, of elite pitching that you have with with Gausman, Strider, Kershaw, even Eovaldi. Like Eovaldi at 86 uh, versus Cobb at 84 on on Fanduel. I think I think that's a no brainer to to pay the extra 200 and and take Eovaldi in that spot. 
All right. Um, bats in this game. Any Dodgers bats standing out to you here? I mean, I can't I can't be a guest on any show and and, and not mention Mookie Bats. I think Mookie Bats is someone that uh everyone should appreciate a little bit more. But I think I think down look, looking down the the uh the, the lineup here, I, I the Dodgers are another team. We talked about the the Rays earlier. They they're a team that really understands data, really understands how to put a lineup together. I think guys like like James Outman or uh Rojas or Chris Taylor, like I think there's a lot of guys down down in the in the the, the lower part of this lineup for the Dodgers that could have some success, especially uh, again, talking about the, the giants infield defense, there's, there's balls that these middle infielders just don't get to that end up being, that end up being singles. They open up stolen base opportunities against uh, whoever's going to catch for the giants, whether it's Bart or, or someone else uh, that, that don't have great pop times. They don't do a good job controlling the running game. So I'm always going to plug Mookie Betts, uh, my, my guy, my favorite player in the league, but, but yeah, I, I think the Dodgers, like you said, not, not the offense that we saw last season or the year before, but, Still plenty of, of pop here, plenty of potential, and, and maybe at a cheaper price than we got in years past. Very sad when Mookie left my Red Sox. Very sad. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, again, like just kind of looking at the slate overall, um, I mean, what type of teams can win you a slate? Well, I mean, Toronto, Atlanta, and probably the Dodgers. I mean, this year it's been the, the Rays. <laughs> I mean, so don't count out Tampa to win you a slate but i mean my main focus on this slate is is going to be toronto atlanta and the dodgers um alex cobb is a is, is a solid pitcher but he's also a ground ball guy and mookie and smith and i mean these guys are fly ball hitters so I, I think this is an excellent spot they gave a couple guys a day off um this is a great spot for them to get back in the lineup and have some have some fun here Going to the other side, I don't want to pick on Kershaw. Uh, I just I, there's nobody in this like Giants lineup that I feel great about picking on a lefty anyway. Um, probably one of the reasons why they've struggled so much against left-handed pitching this season. Is there anything that I'm missing here for the Giants? No, I think the the only guys that would potentially be be worth a target they they have way way too much swing and miss red flag for for me to to consider throwing them in. I think. Kershaw comes out, he dominates. It's like we talked about the Rays earlier, like their their organizational shift at the plate where they're they're emphasizing better swing decisions and they're taking advantage of more pitches. They're they're doing more with with hittable pitches in the strike zone. The Giants have been the complete opposite. They they they've been disciplined, but they can't hit those pitches in the strike zone in the same way that that some of the better teams in the league can, like the Dodgers, like like the Rays. Like it doesn't do them any good that they are disciplined that they're forcing pitchers to come into the strike zone. One through nine, they they have extreme propensities for for swing and miss for K potential. It makes every single one of them uh, a major a major risk, in my opinion. If you're throwing them in a DFS. All right, so we're going to use DraftKings pricing and scoring for the morning grind game. So I'll give you a second to pull that up because I didn't tell you ahead of time, and that's uh, my bad. We'll jump into that. Just want to say, the, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind YouTube page. It's fresh, it's new. We're growing it, and I appreciate all of you for helping us grow it. So, thank you. Morning Grind game. We're gonna get started here. We're gonna switch it up a little bit for pitching today because I mean it's pretty straightforward. But give me a guy that you think is gonna get at least six strikeouts today. Are are we still focusing on the the late slate here? Yep. Yep. At least six strikeouts. At least six strikeouts. Gausman. I, I think Gausman absolutely gets it done. All right. Fair enough. I'm going to go Taj Bradley because I like being different. Um, we all know the answer to this question. So I'm going to go Taj Bradley against the Red Sox. I think he gets some strikeouts today in his debut. Over. Um, let's go over 7,000 on DraftKings to score under 15 DK points. Who do you think is going to bust today? Over 7,000 on DraftKings to score. Oh, give me one sec to pull this back up. You you can go first on this one. Let me pull it back up here. I just accidentally got out of the Wednesday slate. Oh, you're good. I'm going to go Chris Sale against Tampa. I, I don't know if Sale is fully right yet. Um, like like you said, I mean, he is missing some bats, but I'm just worried overall about sales. So uh, I'll, I'll go Chris Sale to go under 15 fantasy points over 7K. I'm going to go Alex Cobb. I, I think the Dodgers get to him. I think, like you said, they like they, they have the, they're they have the right type of approach at the plate to to take advantage of 
of a guy like Cobb, the infield defense again major concern. And I know they got they they put Conforto in, in the outfield, like that definitely that definitely helps. But it's not like they're elite in the outfield either. There's so much space in that ballpark. That I think there's plenty of opportunities uh, for them to get to him. And yeah, I'll, Alex Cobb is my guy. All right, we're gonna go for a home run today. Give me a guy over four thousand. Uh, so really, any of the expensive guys to hit a home run today. Over four thousand to hit a home run. Let's go with. I'm gonna go Rafi Devers. All right, I'm gonna go Matt Olson against Green. I like the Atlanta home run prospects today. They're definitely a team to be stacking. Uh, give me a guy under 4,000 that's going to get two hits. Uh, could be two singles. Could be a home run. You never know. Give me a guy that you think is going to get two hits today. Going to get two hits. I am going with – I'm going to go Manuel Margot. I'm going to go way down today. Um, this guy had a he had a two-hit game today, I'm pretty sure. Give me Eddie Rosario for two singles. Uh, but he's 2,400, so he's going to be a guy that we're looking at to save some money in our Brave stacks today. So finishing it out, give me a stack to score six or more runs. I, I, I hope I'm not stealing. I, I'm, I hope I'm not stealing uh, your guys, but I think I'm going to Atlanta. Uh, let's go Olsen. Uh, just a stack. No, no, no. You just, Atlanta's fine. No, Atlanta, just a team. Yep. Yep, just a team. Um, yeah, man, I I think I mean I'm leaning the Blue Jays. I really like the Blue Jays today. I think this is a great spot against Eduardo Rodriguez. If he struggles with command again, um, I think this is a great spot for Toronto. So I'll be trying to mess around building out like a four four Toronto Atlanta stack and seeing what I can do with pitching if I can find some cheap bats to plug in those stacks. But I mean, I think that's definitely a way to go on today's slate nick thanks for hanging out man uh any final thoughts before we get out of here no man i appreciate you having me on always uh always good to work with with, with new guys over at rotor grinders and uh just grateful for the opportunity to talk baseball man it, 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 always always good to, to be talking about this game whether it's april may june october always just uh, a good time getting on chopping it up i i hope you know i'm not a new guy um <laughs> no, but I, I we haven't gray. done a show before, but we haven't done I have gray in my hair um <laughs> from how much I've worked for this company. So uh you're the new guy, so thank you. <laughs> Chat, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, talking some more baseball. Have a fantastic Wednesday. We'll see you then. See you guys.